T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And today we are bringing you another style episode, 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 episode. Because next week, as long as it falls into place, reminder for you live on the podcast, is our 52nd episode. So we need to do a reach out to Mike at Grains of Wrath and see if we can do a one year episode out at Grains that would next be week. Superb. Superb. It, it would be superb. And uh, we'll just have to find a day that works yeah. at some point next week to do that. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to do a style this week and the style is going to be something summary. Some, this is what I texted Patrick yesterday. I went, hey, you want to do a style? And he goes, sure. Thoughts? He goes, hey, how about something summary? Maybe we can do pails or we can do citrus or hell, why not gozas? Because we talked about that <laughs> last week. And as I sent that, I went, he's going to look at that and go, hell no, I'm not doing gozas. <laughs> no goza. But he didn't actually respond either to the what he wanted to do. And he walks in today and right in front of us, we've got two beers, two very classic beers. Uh, one of them is the Deschutes Mirror Pond, which is a pale ale. Hint, hint. And then the other one is Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. Whoa. The earliest we've ever done that in the podcast. <laughs> so we'll be drinking that during this segment. We do have our Beer of the Week, of course. And we'll do the, the style podcast as we have done all the style podcasts. We'll kind of go through what makes this style the way it is, the various ingredients that they use, some of the ones that we like, some of the ones that we uh, have seen and drank all across our life of drinking beer. So we'll get into all of that here in a second. You can find the podcast wherever you find podcasts, basically. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, 1080thefan.com, radio.com, Stitcher, and uh, Omni, which, by the way, I found out is related to radio.com in some way. Oh, really? Because when I clicked on it on the website, it went to Omni. Oh, So it's, okay. all, it's all somehow tied together. Everybody's sleeping together. Uh, yes. <laughs> very, very, very hot and steamy relationships of podcasts. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's where you can find all the podcasts, wherever you find us, subscribe, rate, review. It uh, it helps us. It helps boost the podcast. And if you enjoy it, well, then you can share your love. And then you can find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick is at PDD085 on Instagram. And we are at Beers on Us on Instagram, where we are posting both of us on that Instagram and uh, taking pictures of what we're doing with our beer drinking. I have not taken a picture in a little over a week, but that will be changing starting tomorrow mm-hmm. as I've got some friends coming in tonight, Wednesday night, and that's when we're dropping it because I'm out again to the, the rest of the week. And uh, we will be going to Hood River and Astoria this weekend and going to Freem and Double Mountain and going to try Ferment Ooh, nice. and Bowie and Fort George likely. And that is going to be our beer weekend. So I'll take some pics for you guys on the Beers on Us Instagram page, almost said Twitter, and uh, you can go ahead and see those there. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I've seen the followers. I'm I'm kind of the one on the Instagram page the most. I've seen the followers. I've seen your DMs. I've seen your tags. Thank you so much, guys. Let me pull some up right now to shout out a little love. I mean, throw out to Blake. I mean, Blake is always following our stuff, always doing stuff, always sending things to us on beers. So cheers to you, my man, for always being 
the homie with that. Yeah, we got Zachary Jeans on Twitter. has been sending me a lot of beers lately. He uh, had a Hoodoo Voodoo IPA from Three Creeks, yep. which he took a picture of. He also, as I scroll, had a backwoods beer. If I can, oh, find the mosaic it. pale at a baseball game. Yes, I saw that. picture. He had it at the Ridgefield Raptors game. There you go. So Ooh, those which were... we got to go to. We, I know. We're supposed to go to one of those. I know we are. We're supposed to maybe throw out a first pitch at one of those. <laughs> Holla. Uh But yeah, so thank you, Zach, for sending me a couple of those pictures and uh, letting us know what you're drinking. I still, it's going to be tough to top the crux at Crater Lake from the other week. <laughs> that was really, really cool. Uh, what has Blake sent you? Uh, well, I was going to give a quick, I'll get to Blake in a sec just because I got this up. Jeremy sent me one, uh, new block 15 one-off in a can, lupulin sauce, very tasty, hashtag make IPA clear again. Hell yeah, uh, man. Uh, Blake drinks the most variety of beer I've ever seen. A so he's all over, me. dark oh, beer, yeah. light beer. He sent us some pictures of Boss Rambler a few weeks ago okay. that I forgot to mention, which is a new brewery in uh, oh. Bend. Oh, but it's a Rambler, though. It is called Boss Rambler. Oh, okay. Rattler. That's what I was thinking. Oh, oh, oh. Not Rambler. This place is called Boss Rambler. I actually know the guy who runs the place. That would be a fun spot to go to sometime if we ever wanted to venture out. We'd have to go do... I think if we ever did something like that, we'd have to commit to like staying a night in Bend and just record like five straight podcasts at five (laughs) different breweries and just wander around. Um, There is a Deschutes can, which is a 19-ounce Pilsner. Had this on the top of Tumalo Mountain. Um, there's an experimental IPA, which looks like from Crux, looks like in the backyard of Crux, um, the Mohazic Pale from, uh, Mohazic IPA from Migration, and then he topped it off with his favorite summer beer, Good Life Sweet As, mm. which is a Pacific Ale, which does tie into our Pale Ale I have podcast. had a, a Sweet As only once. And- also drank a boatload of Rippin'. Also related to this podcast. Uh, Thanks, Blake. You the man. So I, I have had just the Good Life Sweet Ass once, and I've had it at Thirsty Lion because they've got like 50 taps or something, and I'd never had that one there. And I've, I've kind of gone through all the beers that they've had because mm-hmm. it's one of my neighborhood restaurants that I go to a lot, and I'd never had that one. And I was like, you know what? I'll try it. It was solid. I, I And we'll talk about this in a second. Pale ales have never been my forte. However... As you have introduced me to more and more good ones, I have found myself choosing more and more pale ales. So we'll get to that, and that is that's kind of what I did at Thirsty Line. I was like, you know, you know what? Screw it, I'll try it. Uh, what do you got? What did you have going on this past weekend? I, I did nothing, by the way. My wife was out of town. I was solo the entire weekend. I had some beers, but nothing, nothing out of the ordinary or crazy. So what, what about you? Uh, first off, I watched four. Soccer games on Sunday. I watched three on Sunday. I watched, and a Yankee game. I watched USA at eight. Same. Go USA. Champs again. Champions. Uh, and then I took a nap for two hours okay. after that. And then I watched Brazil-Peru in the Copa America, uh, which was a very boring game. And then I watched uh, the Timbers defeat NYFC on the road. Holla. Also a really boring game. And then I watched <laughs> USA-Mexico. Not a boring game. Best game of the day. That game was extremely fun and extremely interesting to watch just because our kids are kids. And that's the best I've seen them play in a while. And they lost one nothing. So Yeah, because Mexico is really, really good. Yeah, the game uh, the game was interesting because it was kind of USA-Mexico 
spiteful. It started, they were talking about it beforehand. These were both new generations, so there wasn't really a rivalry built in yet. But there's one brooding. It's already starting. You, it's could, starting. you could tell. I did not very much enjoy that game. I actually thought that was the worst game of the day. Oh, really? That I, was my favorite. I loved the women winning uh, 2-0. That game was awesome. And I, I liked the Timbers game a lot because they played really well. It was just boring to watch the 1-0. Um, so I watched, I drank beer all day that day. Of course. Which, you know, is fine. But nothing that I can really think of that really stood out it's to me. It's not really different than the other Sunday. Yeah, right? I think I drank a lot of Reuben Summer IPA, which is a great IPA you can find on the shelves everywhere. But the cool thing is, is I went on like a breakside manager retreat thing for the weekend. We went down to wine country in McMinnville uh, and had a great time at Argyle and Archery Summit. Um, fantastic wineries, especially Archery Summit. They have these caves that you, it's like private cave drinking room, which was just amazing. However, the next day, there are a few breweries in McMinnville that we wanted to go see. Our friends at Allegory, we went and saw them and had some beers there. And I'd been there before, and then we went to, for the first time in my life, went to Heater Allen. And that, my friends, is the place to be. There's literally, like, four picnic tables outside, two inside, and uh, the son of the owner is behind the bar. Zach, I believe, is Jack. Jack, his name is Jack. And Jack's behind the bar slinging steins. And that's it. That's it. There's nothing else. There's no hoopla. It's off the beaten path. It looks like a barn shack, and you roll in, and it's like some of the best loggers in the world. We have had quite a few good heater islands on the podcast thus far, and if we ever get our white wheel at Block 15 to allow us to do a... Uh, uh, an episode out there. Our plan was to, after the episode, go to McMinnville right. and try a couple of the breweries. That would be off the podcast just mm-hmm. to go drink and then come back home from there. So I will be able to try those if we ever get a chance mm-hmm. to go down to Block 15. Hey! Block 15, <laughs> come on! We want to do an episode out there. We want to do a takeover. Come on. And, and then Rick uh, Rick Allen at Heater Allen uh, was just a gem. He'd been making, he's been making beer for a long time and, and it was fun to listen to him talk and how the, the, the fun challenges, but also pleasures of owning a, a small brewery, but being able to kind of make whatever you want and just quietly making some of the best beer in Oregon. Highly recommend Heater Allen. Highly recommend Allegory, too. They're across the board. They make all different kinds of styles. They've got a, a food truck in their back in their backyard. they got kind of this big parking lot. Huge outdoor area. Um, would highly recommend both of them. And that one's like downtown McMinnville. I drove through McMinnville the other week, but not uh, not to stop, just yeah, on the can, way out to the coast. I think if you swing through downtown McMinnville, you're going to pass like Golden Valley Brewing, which is right there. Is that their the second strip. location or first location? Because there's one in Beaverton, yeah, too. Yeah, I think it's their first location. Okay. And Allegory's like a few blocks from there to where Heater Allen's more kind of hidden off the beaten path. Gotcha. But Golden believe- Valley, one of the first craft breweries... I went to outside of the big boys that I had mm-hmm. first tried because it was in Beaverton, which was close to where I live. And I was like, oh, there's a craft brewery there. Found out that Heater Allen is now the largest brewery in McMinnville. Interesting. Yet the smallest place to go drink. Drink it. I want it all. That beer is so good. Fascinating. It is very good. I tried uh, recently their Das Bier, which I very yes. much enjoyed. Um, and I had another one. I want to say it was a Marzen or something I had from them that was mm-hmm. dynamite, too. They they do make really good beer. All right, so... so that was fun. I had a good weekend. It was great. Gorgeous weather. Good people. Thanks what, to everybody we saw. Whenever you listen to this podcast, keep sending us those pictures on Instagram or on Twitter and uh, let us know what you're drinking. I'll, I'll post a couple times this weekend from the various locations, Hood River and Astoria. If you're out that way, uh, I'm going to Hood River... Thursday and Astoria. I'm not 100 sure. Probably Saturday, but maybe Friday. If you're out that way at all, and you and you run into me, you can come say hi. Absolutely, if you'd like, I'll be with some friends and my wife, but you can come say hi. New Breakside Brewery Milwaukee Tap Room opens this Friday. Nice. I will be there. 
if you want to come say hello, I will be there from the crack of dawn till probably, I'll probably wait out traffic. I'll probably be there till about seven. So if you guys want to come down, check out the new digs. It's like really this, cool. like two days from now, like two days from now, I'm oh. literally leaving this podcast. I might going, even, I might even come by literally leaving this podcast to go down there and like build tables and clean window ledges. What and time are you guys open that day? Noon. Could we get in earlier? Yes. Okay. It's me, baby. <laughs> Cause, uh, my wife has to go to work that morning, mm-hmm. but my friends are going to be in town. Yeah. So I was wondering if she drives into work and drops us at like nine thirty or nine. It might be too early, but oh, I don't know if I'll be there. That <laughs> okay, all right, we'll figure it out. We'll figure something. We'll, out. we'll try to come down there. All right, let's get into the podcast. Pale ales, yes, me too. Pale ale. What are we starting with? The Sierra Nevada. We're gonna start with Sierra Nevada's of course, pale ale. Of course, we are because it's one of your favorite beers. I actually, yes. and, and to be honest, I've been getting it more and more. It's so good, so easy drinking. It's so tasty. Well, I wanted to start and with... And I like that it has, at least in my opinion, it's a little bit maltier than some of the paleos that are out there, too. Well, I wanted to start with the Sierra Nevada because this is kind of where... And and to preface, when we get into pale ales... I'm also very thirsty. We, uh, I want to limit this and kind of hone this in onto American pale ales. Uh, in doing a ton of research over my life about pale ales, uh, this encompasses so many different types of beers, okay? Like a beer de garde can be considered a pale ale. And amber can be considered a pale ale. There's all these different, all these different styles can be considered a pale ale because it's all kind of broken down by the pale malt used by the Germans. So it's all these different things. So I thought instead of trying to encompass all these different pale ales, let's focus in on the American pale ale. That works. And, and hell, we can label this the American pale ale episode if you'd like. Yep. If, you, if you at some point want to do pale ales that are from different regions yeah i would love to do like pale loggers you know things like that you know get into like hellas stuff and like get some real nerded out historical stuff um i was talking with my buddy todd about that stuff last night and i was like oh no everything's so complex and so big so i wanted to hone this hone this in on american pale ale so it's basically you know largely sierra nevada is credited for making the first American pale ale. There's a couple other people out there that will argue it. They even brag about it on the back of their label. The pale ale in your hand sparked the American craft beer revolution, it says. So Yeah, I mean they're, you know, uh I don't know any better to argue. So <laughs> there you go, Sierra Nevada, you win. You know, Anchor Steam, you know, I think they they throw their they, Tis an Amber, technically, but yes. as you said, that could be considered a pale ale. They throw they throw their name in the hat. Also, where is it? New Albion also throws their name in the hat. I don't know who that about, is. About uh they're they're a California Brewing oh, okay. in Sonoma. They throw they throw their name in the hat as well as being the first person to make an American pale ale. But basically what it is is it starts with the pale malt, which is going to make it a little lighter in, in color uh, and features a hop, traditionally Cascade hop. So, I mean, that's kind of the big difference with the American pale ale and kind of other pale ales. You know, like in England, pale ale is mostly just like a bitter, like a like a uh, they just call it a bitter instead of a pale ale, because it's basically the same concept. But America, we're using American hops, mostly Cascade. I would imagine Sierra Nevada is still using Cascade. That's what it says in the back. Yeah, Yeah, so it's meant to have this this nice kind of malt presence to it with like a kiss of hops on the back end. And and what's funny is the fact that when I first started enjoying craft beer as someone who liked malt beer so much more that I didn't gravitate towards pale ales, I almost wonder if the name scared me off, because to me, I, I liked dark beer. So when I saw pale ale, I went, I'm not going to like pale ales. And I'm sure I tried them and thought they were fine, but I just never went out of my way to do it. But if that's the case and pale ales are built off the malts first with a little, as you said, kiss Mm -hmm. of Cascade hops, uh, then I should have been drinking this from when I started drinking beer because I would have liked it. And that's why 
at least with this one, the Sierra Nevada one, I love how malty it is. Mm-hmm. I love that it's not overbearing with any sort of hop or bitterness. It's just smooth, easy drinking with a cut of hop that makes it not an amber, if you know what I mean. Right. Well, I think it's funny because I think on paper, this is the most approachable style. This should be. Okay. Right. Lower in alcohol. Not meant to be super bitter. Supposed to be malt forward. Supposed to be easy drinking. The problem is, is that there's enough hop character in this that it does create a bite that that can turn people off. There's no way a pale ale is more approachable than a domestic lager, even even a craft domestic lager mm-hmm. like Bearweiser, like Bearlick just made their their Bearweiser. Um, but on paper, this is how I got introduced into craft beer. Drinking the two beers in front of us, Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale, and we'll crack the mirror pond here in a minute, and like Manny's Pale Ale from Georgetown. Like those are the beers that dominated my life growing up in the Pacific Northwest in my mid, mid, early mid 20s when I wanted to drink craft beer. It was Mirror Pond, Sierra Nevada, and Manny's Pale Ale because IPAs were too hoppy and too bitter, and too hoppy and too bitter, and they had too much booze. I wanted to be able to drink all day. Right. And so these were my beers that I that I gravitated to. I still hate when you say that because you know what? You can still drink all day on an IPA. I'll just get really drunk. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can still do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I teased it earlier in the segment, but I said something like, what beers that were pale did we drink growing up? And I, I can't say that I did. You know, I mean, I grew up in an area where craft beer was not a thing. I've mentioned Yingling was the, the only one that was considered craft beer and is hey man second biggest brewery in america and the oldest brewery in and america the oldest, yeah um i he, think they're second biggest because sam adams is or boston beer co didn't they just buy they just got dogfish head they got yeah, number one now. they gotta be yeah but um that was the only one that i ever had that was craft beer and i don't believe yingling is a pale ale as far as i remember um it might be i've never had a yingling i know I'll, I'll look it up in a second here but i, I remember enjoying it but i don't think it was a pale ale because i feel like it was a little bit darker um, so for me, I didn't really drink pale ales. The first one I had was honestly that I, that I remembered having was probably the Deschutes Maripon when yep. I moved out here because Deschutes was the first brewery I went to when I moved out here and I got a sample tray and that was on there because it's one of their classics. And I mean, I, I would say, I would say Maripon from Deschutes, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if it sits there today, but if you find any beer drinker that's. Craft beer drinker that's 30 up to 65, 70, we all know this beer. That is the Oregon beer. That's, in my opinion, the Oregon beer that kind of blew everything up. And it makes sense because Sierra Nevada creates pale ale that blows everything up nationally for pale ales. Why not? What's your local go-to? And our local go-to is Mirapon. I haven't had one of these in a long time. It'll be interesting. I don't think I've had one for a little bit either. It'll be interesting to see the difference. Did we have one on our OG episode? No, we had Black Bee Porter. Oh, that's right, because I didn't want to do two Deschutes. Yes. Okay. So Uh, that'll be fun. The the Yingling is a traditional lager is what they call Mm. it. Although it sounds similar to a pale, famous for its rich amber color and medium-bodied flavor, roasted caramel malt for a subtle sweetness and a combination of cluster and cascade hops. So it sounds similar to what we're drinking, just they don't call it a pale ale, they call it a traditional lager. But um but yeah. So that was that was the only one that I really had growing up that I knew was different and better and until the the Maripond entered my life when I moved here. And it really beer for me didn't start until I moved here. 
I drank Keystone Light in college. Nice. And, Bush uh, Light? Natural Light, some Natty Light sometimes, Ooh, too. No Natty Light. Natty only, Ices sometimes, Only too. Natty Ice. Well, we had the, we had both. <laughs> but Keystone was uh, was the beer of choice at Syracuse University for those of us who wanted cheap beer. And that was uh, that was what everybody bought. I wonder what the hop is, what the hop build is on this mirror pun. Does it say? It does not. Maybe it says on their website. But what's interesting about... Kind of like the large, the larger discussion that I wanted to have about this, and you kind of, you kind of touched on a little earlier was this pale ale, this American pale ale, doesn't really exist anymore. Really? No, it doesn't exist. It's just anymore. the classic recipes, and they're not being made anymore. Or it, it, I think it's because our love and our obsession with light-bodied hoppy beers has taken over the pale ale. You so have we're getting now, hoppy pails instead of pale ales. We're, yep, or baby IPAs, I do notice, a lot of people talk, uh, talk about. Call. I've never heard of that before. Oh, yeah. Some people say, you know, I'll say, is this a pale ale or is this just like a baby IPA? And I think it's because, you know, a couple of the ones that, that, that Blake shot us a message on Instagram with, Rippin' Sweet Ass. Two of, two of my favorite... Packaged beers that I know I can get anywhere in this state. Sweet as I will never turn a sweet as down, and I will never turn a Rippin down. That's like a desert island. You will also seek out Rippins. Yes, often. I will <laughs> seek out Rippins. It's like, oh man, I gotta go to the river. Okay, let me go find some Rippin. Um, those beers now they don't call them pale ales. Like Rippin, I think technically is a Northwest ale, and they call sweet as a Pacific ale. Okay, it's because. This idea of this malt-forward touch of hot pale ale is kind of going by the wayside. People are trying to use, especially with Cascade. Cascade's a great hot, but it's definitely not as flashy and cool as like a Galaxy or something like that, you know. I have uh, not Strata. seen Cascade used a lot recently. And so and so I think it's it's important to to distinguish between the two types. That just because something is 5.6 and has hops in it doesn't make it a pale ale. You know, it's got to be malt. It's got to be malt derived, and it's got to have a kiss of hops. It can't be an overly thing. It's got to have. There's a little sweetness in the back end, at least from that Sierra Nevada. No, absolutely. There's That's, a good bite to it, but not. You know, it's not an IPA bite. No, it, it's barely there. Right. That's right. kind of what I. Why I said I was surprised that I didn't enjoy these or didn't try them is that it's mostly malt and it's easy drinking. I looked up by the way. It is Cascade hops. It's the only hop that's in Mirapon. Nice. nice. Uh, pale crystal. Carapils and Munich malts. Um, that's the difference between like the England that I was reading is they don't use mm. pale malts. Right. Pale malt is going to be in all the pale ales. Right. That crystal malt, I can taste the crystal malt. That's the sweetness you're getting. That crystal malt is used notoriously in ambers, which is going to give you that. It's a little darker color than the Sierra Nevada. Probably coming from the crystal and that residual sweetness on the back end. This is way more caramely than mm -hmm. the Sierra Nevada. Mm -hmm. And I'll bet you this Sierra Nevada, I don't know if it says, does it say the... The malt that it uses, I wouldn't be shocked if it's like all pale malt. I don't know. Maybe it does some not two, say it on there. Maybe no. some two row. But yeah. So that's but that's but that's the interpretation of the pale ale. That's why I wanted to keep it into American pale ale because technically an amber is a pale ale, right? You know, but it. I mean, but it's not. Well, it's it's because all these different styles of pale ales are changing the malt build. I'm actually kind of surprised that there's crystal malt in this, in this mirror pond. There's four different malts in that. Yeah. yeah. Munich malt, and what was the other one? Something, Cara. Cara pills, yeah. Uh, 
me see if the website tells me anything about Sierra Nevada. Malts, they use two-row pale and caramelized malts. That's all they say. Oh, so, just two-row pale? Two-row pale and caramelized malts. Caramelized. Cascade hops, ale yeast. That's it. Very simple. So this has got more depth to it, the Deschutes one. But I like the Sierra Nevada better because uh, it's a little bit easier. Like I mean, It's just easier to go down. This one is a little... I shouldn't say a little. It's a lot sweeter than mm-hmm. the Sierra Nevada pale ale. But I get a lot of the same characteristics because it has the cut from the hops a little bit. It's easy. It's malty. It's sweet. You know, you get it. Tell you what, though, that taste in this shoots. Boy, does that take me back. <laughs> 23-year-old Patrick is like, what's up? Hollomir well, Pun. This is the first This is the first beer my father bought for me on my 21st birthday. Aww. We went to the Tip Top Tavern downtown Vancouver on Main Street. Still there to this day. I grew up like two blocks away from that spot. And my old man took me there. We sat down. He said, son, let me buy you a beer. No, that's not how it went. He was like, let's go grab a beer. And I was like, cool. And we sat down and she was like, he was like, you know, what What beers do you have on draft? Or she, I think the bartender asked me first. She was like, what would you like? And I was like, I'll have a mirror pump, please. My dad just kind of looked at me like, how do you already know what you want? <laughs> he didn't know already. I mean, come on. <laughs> and then he was like, well, please dumb? tell me. Yeah, please tell me what beers do you have? He might have had a Black Butte Porter. He might have had a Mirror Pond too. But this is the first craft beer I legally bought. Hmm. Interesting. I can't remember what mine was because my birthday happened on a weird day. But my other friend was turning 21 that weekend. So we did like a combo party down nice. at Rutgers. But I cannot remember the day of my 21st birthday. My friend brought some beer with him to my house and we cracked it. Might have been Yingling. Yeah. I don't I don't remember. It was in New Jersey. So I, I was in the wasteland of craft beer at that point in my life. But I mean, hell, it might have been Blue Moon or something. I have no idea. It was something that I remember just drinking in our living room watching TV. I was like, hey, I'm 21 now. I can do this legally, even though I've already been drinking for four years. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so that's pale ales for you. American pale ales for you. American me. pale ale. Yeah, Out of these and- two, I would prefer Sierra Nevadas, but they're both delicious. And which is funny to say because this the Maripon would be more in my wheelhouse of sweet, malty flavors. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, you're you're growing my palate in this podcast. You're well, making me enjoy the uh, the lighter, hoppier stuff more. I think this. I think these two American pale ales are the perfect split. I think you go Sierra Nevada pale ale, and you're going to start drinking. Whoa. You're going to start drinking IPAs. You know, in no time. Yeah. Uh, you're going to go. You're going to start drinking hoppy lagers, like really hoppy lagers, in no time. You go this Deschutes route, and you're getting into the Amber Train. You're going on to Reds. And then before you know it, you're on Porters and then Stouts. And now you're on Barrel-Aged stuff. And now you're blacked out drunk like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I mean? But this is such a great, like, split off. To you, did, you did just describe my path very well, yes. <laughs> this is this is such a great split, you know. And and each way goes, your diff, goes you know, what you want. But, yeah, this Deschutes has so much more malt punch in your face to where the the Sierra Nevada gives you that little kind of hop flavor. So if you were like, I really like that Sierra Nevada Palo, you're kind of like, oh, yeah? Try this IPA. Well, maybe, I, maybe slow down. Sl- yeah. Try this hoppy pale. Yeah, yeah. But I do think but I do think it's 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 fun and interesting to uh it's fun and interesting to see you know the 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 path we've seen the northwest take on the pale ale because it is wildly different. I'd love to talk to like a John Harris you know, at Ecliptic and say, you know, where where was the pale ale 20 years ago and where's the pale ale now? You know, because the pale ale now, I would argue, outside of these two, doesn't really exist. 
Because everybody's have making, to... people are making things like ripping or like at Breakside. We make, uh, at, at our Slabtown location, we make Mo Problems. We call that a West Coast Pale Ale, and it's it's so delicious. I love that beer, but it's more in the vein of a Sweet As or a Rippin'. It's less in the vein of a Sierra Nevada. When you say West Coast Pale, it makes me think it's more hoppy than yeah, a general exactly, pale. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's what we see Mo. That's what we see more. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. The American IPA has got a lot more malt hop balance to it. And what do we do on the West Coast? You can probably blame Sierra Nevada for it and Stone Brewing and Russian River and those those damn Californians. <laughs> but what Who do helped we do? pioneer craft yeah. beer on the West Coast. <laughs> so what do we do on the West Coast? We lowered the malt balance and increased the hops, and that's what we're seeing with modern-day pale ale, as I air quote, pale ales. A lot of them tend to be West Coast pale ales. Well, there it is. There's which a- are delicious. They are. <laughs> There is our American Pale Ale style episode. If you if you come across a pale ale, I don't mean to cut you off there, but if you're listening, you come across a pale ale that is malt derived with a touch of hops and isn't just a baby IPA, please, please, please let us know because I would love to try that. And I want to keep an eye out now that you said that on tap lists and mm-hmm. at supermarkets and all that, all of, or even at breweries to see what kind of pales are out there. The name Pale Ale sells. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, like especially older generation. Oh, I'll have the Pale Ale. Right. You know, but is it really a Pale Ale? That's interesting. I'm going to keep an eye out this weekend when I'm out, uh, because I'm sure Freem will have something like a Pale Ale on there. I just wonder if it'll be hoppier or or not. So we'll we'll keep an eye out for that. And and again, like Patrick said, send us anything that you find on our various social media pages, which we told you about earlier in the episode. All right, coming up next, it is time for our beer of the week. I got a cold beer from John's Marketplace. Holla. So we won't I didn't have to stick it in the freezer. It is in the fridge and ready to go. And uh, it is something that was on the recommended shelf. It was a staff pick. And it was one that I have not had. You've probably had it already, Patrick, knowing you. Okay. But it's one that I have not tried, and it's a name that I'm kind of confused as to why it's called what it is. Okay. So That's exciting. I will. It's Don't get over your skis. It's not that crazy. But I just looked at it and went, why? Do you not understand how simple I am? <laughs> I get excited about the stupidest stuff. Well, let's see how excited you are. Beer of the Week is next here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And I think I may be, I know, on that (laughs) note, let's uh, let's drink our sorrows away. The uh, Soros. Soros. Sorry. Uh, Did I say it like a Canadian? Kind of. Soro. My wife is coming back from Canada, so it's probably just on the brain. I was told by my buddy the other day that um, I have distinct R's when I say things. Okay. Like superior like I, they're like really. Well, we'll say it normally without know, trying to superior. accentuate the R. Superior. That sounds normal. Er. Superior. R. R. I am a pirate. What did the pirate say on his 80th birthday? What? I'm 80. <laughs> All right, Dad. Joke Patrick back at it again with yeah, the white vans. Let's go. Uh, so the beer of the week today is a beer that Patrick said he don't he doesn't think he's had. I may have had a taste of it on draft at this fine, exquisite brewery, so, but I don't think I've had a can. Oftentimes when I go to John's, I I'm will opening. go for it. I will look at the staff picks first, and if anything sticks out to me, I will grab that. And if not, I'll just go wander the many, many rows that are that are there and, and pick a beer that 
I very much think looks good or I've had and I, and I enjoy. But this was on the staff picks list, and there was only one on the staff picks. Uh, what's it called? The the shelf. That's the word. The shelf. There was only one of them, so I was like, I got to find this in the store. I know it's here. I went wandering for about seven minutes, and I actually found it in one of the rare coolers in John's Marketplace. Holla. And it is the Wayfinder Relapse Cold IPA. Now, the reason I picked this was twofold. One, uh, threefold. One, Wayfinder's awesome. We have enjoyed all of Wayfinder's beers. Two, I looked on the side and it said, Clean, Clear, Hoppy AF. So I knew I wasn't getting tricked into getting a hazy again. And three, I saw Cold IPA and went, What? What's a Cold IPA? So uh, that's why I picked it. The relap, and it's got great artwork on it. It looks like a Mastodon album, which might even be what they're doing because I know they kind of have a little bit of a metal theme there. They've definitely got a little bit of a metal feel. Uh, and it says "Plenty Brutal Beer" on the side, but this looks like Mastodon artwork to me. And Mastodon is a band. If those of you who don't know, a very very good, actually easy to get into metal band. So listen to them if you if you'd like. I just saw them live a couple weeks ago. Um, the can is awesome. Wayfinder's awesome. I like IPAs that are clean and clear and not hazy. And I don't know what cold means, so I'm interested to find out. Well, some cool things that I will read that I just found on a Northwest Beer Guide about uh, this Relapse IPA. 6.2%. Um, a lager brewery's answer to a brute IPA. Um, how about instead we have a marriage between American adjunct lager and hoppy AF West Coast IPA? Um, this is so it's an answer to a brute IPA by saying screw using champagne and we're just going to make our own How IPA. About screw making brute IPAs and we'll just make this. Uh, the malts are American Copeland Pilsner and the choices rice. Hops are CTZ, Czech Saws for spice, Oregon Amarillo, Yakima Citra, and Michigan Chinook. I believe. Look at them saying where they get the. I know, hop isn't from that rad? Instead of just being like Citra, Amarillo, Chinook, they got to where they're from. I mean, I haven't seen Amarillo as much lately. I feel like that's a hop that I have not seen used as much as I did a couple of years ago. I think it's used. It might not just be written on the on the, the Maybe. label. You okay. Know? Um, side note: I was at a Fourth of July party uh, and ran into Kevin Davey, who's the head brewmaster at Wayfinder. Lovable man. Such a fantastic human being. Mm. Very funny. We were talking about uh, like crappy trucker breakfast joints. I almost oh. swore, but figured two in a row would be bad. Yeah, that's I actually it might be three in a row. <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, anyway, you get anyway. a little bit loose here in anyway. your episode fifty-two, Patrick. Anyway, lovable, lovable guy makes great beer. Uh, I imagine they are calling this a cold IPA because I think it is lager fermented. It's like an ale yeast brewed at lager temperatures with a crap ton of hops. That's delicious. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's like instead of instead of fermenting your IPA at, you know, 60, 65 to 70 degrees, you ferment your IPA at 45 degrees. And I think that's a really cool idea because it's going to it's going to keep your body really light. It's going to keep your body really light I and mean, it's going to keep things bright and crisp and using the right kinds of hops. I love the Czech saws in there for spice. I mean, it even it even said that for spice in parentheses. Right. This is this is a clearer IPA than I think I've had in a very long time. This is yellow beer. Is it what is, this it is. is yellow as, beer. As my friend Natalie up at the Decom Pub likes to say, she likes, I like yellow beer. Natalie, this is a yellow beer. It is a yellow beer. It is very clear. It is very crisp. And I understand what you're saying. I love that they said this is our response to a brewed IPA because it's nowhere near a brewed mm -hmm. IPA. And... I don't know if I've actually really had a beer that I remember that's like this, that uses the lager style to make an IPA. I, I mean, I've seen I've seen some people toy with it. 
You know, I've but this seen, is so good. But I haven't seen really anybody package it. And cold IPA is like the term cold IPA works for you in so many advantages. Because when I see cold IPA, I'm like, ooh, must have been fermented cold. To where someone else is like, ooh, ice cold IPA. Yeah. Nice. It's a double whammy. Nice. <laughs> Triple dope. Um, so I don't know. Leave it to these guys. These guys make great beer. They really do. I don't think I've had anything close to being average from them. It's all been good or great. It's all been really great from them. I would agree. I think, uh, yeah. Like I mean, I, we, I've gone a couple times now. We did our, our burger brewer brawl there. Yep. Uh, we, I, I went it there with you once. It is a great once. place to entertain guests. I went there once with you just as my first time there. And I think, yeah, and I went there with some family there too, just cause I knew my uncle was a big like European beer guy. And yeah. I was like, this is a perfect place to bring you if you want some European, but totally West coast beers at the same time. And uh, so I've been there three times now and I've had a lot of their beers and I've thought all of them are very good and I love their glassware mm-hmm. so, so much. They care about glassware and that's huge. I hate the location, but I love the spot. <laughs> that's the only thing I can say negative is I think the location is awful, but the spot is really cool. I think that location in about five years is going to be insane. I, I, I am sure that's probably the case. I just can't picture it right yeah, now. Yeah, you're just not quite there yet. Because it's still very, very industrial and factory, but I'm assuming that's how Northwest used to be. Maybe, maybe we'll play a little game, and when these things come around, uh, I will. you can piece them together, but you have to listen to all the podcasts to be able to piece them together. If you, Some of you have asked us, Oh, Patrick's such a jerk. He's so picky. He has this list. He says only 10 breweries are worth a damn. Well, here's one of them. (laughs) This is one of them. If you like beer, you should be drinking Wayfinder beer. You really should. You really, really really should. really should. It's not that hard. Um, And they're canning now, and they're in all the places that you can Mm -hmm. get beer, so you don't have to go there if you don't want to. You can drink Wayfinder beer at Blazer Games. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Because they're they're in cahoots with like Sizzle Pie. There you go. Yeah. They're they're all yeah, they're Because I went to Moda for that Mastodon concert I was telling you about, and all I saw was Ten Barrel. And, oh, but uh, you gotta go to the Sizzle Pie spots. You go to the Sizzle Pie spots and they got hell and flour in the kettle. So they got a hazy IPA. Right. By the way, there's no flour in the kettle. That's the joke. Um they got a hazy IPA and their Hellas Lager. All right. Dude, this this is the future, man. Craft loggers taking over. This is the brewery to go to. Well, but you know, as you said, this year is going to be craft loggers taking over. Next year, it's going to be something different. I know it's going to be West Coast IPAs again. Yeah, look at you already knowing. Yeah, these things. yeah, I'll call it in twenty in twenty twenty. Everybody's going to be like, you know what? Let's let let's go make West Coast IPAs again. All right, maybe there'll be a new brewery that pops up that makes them really well, or maybe yeah. maybe Greens Rath is that brewery. Well, I mean, like what's going to or Ruse? Like what's going to happen? It's like this is the year of the dry Irish stout. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Why? <laughs> Por qué? Please? <laughs> Can there be a couple years in a row of like bourbon barrel aged stouts? Although I feel like <laughs> I feel like there was a year where a lot of bourbon barrel aged stouts came out. Well, I think everybody's on it now. Good. So it, it But let's know. make it a whole year thing, okay? <laughs> it doesn't have to be winter only, guys. <laughs> you know, sometimes when it's hot, you still want something that tastes like dessert. <laughs> You can have one of those. So move. You should buy a van and live under the Fremont Bridge in <laughs> Seattle, and just stumble your way into Fremont Brewing, and you can drink all their bee bombs and dark stars and rusty nails and everything you want. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. I'll just get those in bottles if I you want could, them. You can bed. sleep next to the troll. There's the big troll under the that Fremont sounds, Bridge in Seattle. That sounds great for somebody not named Mike Lynch. I'm sure there's a bunch of homeless people there, too. Uh, well, that sounds great for them, then. <laughs> sounds like a, a wonderful place to sleep, although they probably can't afford the B-bombs. Hey, you. Keep being you. <laughs> but if you can, try to dig yourself out of the hole you're in. Okay, bud? Just, It's okay. We understand. It's okay. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. Like we said, we're going to try to set up a Grains of Wrath on location for the 52nd episode, which will be our one-year episode next week. Not sure when we're going to be able to record it. It might have to be episode 53 just because I'm away this weekend or busy this weekend. Oh, my glitch is bald. So unless we can get it done during the week next week, it will likely be episode 53 because next weekend we can record it on like a Saturday if, if Mike is available. But either way, we'll reach out to them and we'll figure it out at some point and that will be coming up next or in a week or two if I want to be a little bit more vague about it. As we get closer to that point, thank you guys so much for all the support over the last year. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, it's crazy it's been a year already. Like, so nuts. Seriously insane that next week's a year. Hey, man, dude, you and I are huge baseball fans, and yesterday was the fifth All-Star game we got you and I have celebrated. That is true. That's wild. Dude. That is true. That is wild. But there's no numbers on the baseball show. There's numbers on this, and it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's, a little it's, bit, it's a little bit crazy. It's crazy! All right, so we'll see you guys next week. Keep supporting us. We appreciate it, and we'll keep uh, you know loving the stuff that you send us and keep trying to give you the best content that we can in return. And uh, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you find us. And remember, Beers on Us on Instagram is the new page for both of us that we'll be posting. And I'll be sending pictures for my adventures in hijinks and hilarity from this weekend with some friends that are visiting. Uh, so that's it. And we'll see you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.